the evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world. Corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face. Welcome to Confidential Brief, where Chad Thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society. Good afternoon to you. It is uh, the 5th of September 2022. I think everybody's now getting into the festive mode. We're at that part of the year where everything seems to just get quicker and quicker and everybody starts thinking about time to relax. But not, of course, in the security industry. This now builds up to most probably the busiest time for security operators. Joining us in a couple of minutes is Corinda Lurt. She is a security leader and she's going to be taking us into the world of security companies. I've got exciting news. Confidential Brief is now proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. If you're tired of getting contractors in to fix your leaky roof, only to find out that your roof still leaks, well, it's time to sort out that leak for good. Rubber Roofs manufacture and apply the rubber roof to your roof. Your roof will look great and won't leak anymore. Rubber Roofs offer a 10-year warranty. Rubber Roofs is the trusted name in roof waterproofing. You can find out more at www.rubberroofs.co.za. Just a reminder that the views expressed on the show aren't necessarily those of mine or that of Chai FM. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on Chai FM. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. So normally during August, we feature a lady that's making a difference in the world of crime fighting. And this year, the choice fell to Corinda Lurtz, a very successful business leader from the West Rand. And unfortunately, as our timing would have it, but fortunately for her and her husband, she decided to take a very well-deserved trip of an absolute lifetime to the British Isles. And the August interview is now happening in September. So, belated Happy Women's Day, belated Happy Women's Month, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Chad. I really appreciate it. So, Corinda, this this trip you took to the British Isles, this has been a a dream of yours for a very long time, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, about 22 years back, we made a bucket list. And because of, unfortunately, COVID that hit us, it delayed us in two years of uh, taking a break. And we decided uh, 2022 will be the year that we're actually taking this long-awaited vacation and make it worth it. How long were you there for? We were there for a month. Sure, it's a long time, eh? <laughs> it is. And I must say, it was actually very nice because then you actually start living like they they live that side and you you uh, you come to terms of their security issues and stuff like that and it is so different it is so different well bravo to johnny for going along with you on that trip and uh, <laughs> putting up with you day in day out without any distraction but you make a very valid point people living overseas don't have the same security concerns as what we do and it must have been strange for you visiting with people and not worrying about is the car safe is the door locked do they have sufficient security chat absolutely um you know driving uh, through the neighborhoods you've got your fences that is lowered in your knee there's no security bars in front of the windows putting petrol in uh, by yourself and walk to the station in front paying for your own petrol um everything was d- you know what? It was so different. It, it felt so, it felt strange in the first week to adapt to this situation, and then it felt like home. You know, that's that's actually how you want to live. 
But I have to tell you, there's nothing better than South Africans. I mean, South Africa's got the most most friendliest people ever in the world. We love our country. We love the people in our country. But don't you feel resentful that these people in the British Isles are living in such a peaceful environment without having to worry every single day about safety and security, which has become an issue for almost every single South African? No, absolutely. Um, you know what? When we arrived in the UK, uh, the first thing that happened was, unfortunately, um, you know, petty theft that happened. And the guy was actually running for escape and a woman opened the door. He ran into the house and unfortunately shot a child. Since we landed in the 1st of August, it was news all the time because it's such a big issue in the UK for, for something like that happening. And as we left, there was a, a gang with screwdrivers drivers that attacked the family, and it was big news. So, But I have to tell you now, speaking to the public that side, what we actually went through already for years now is actually coming to the UK, and that is just my opinion because remember you've got your your war happening and people escaping the ukraine russia and all those places and they flee to all these other countries so there is uh, people without jobs and the first thing they do is they br they start breaking in for petty theft and we all know what is happening after petty theft then it starts getting serious what was amazing for us is a lot of female officers on the road and not one of them uh, carrying a firearm. It was totally amazing. And then we stopped and we spoke to them. And they told us that they've got certain levels. You're not allowed to have a firearm there. There's a special unit. If there's a serious crime, they call the special unit out that is armed and they, they address the situation. So it was totally amazing to walk in the streets, not holding onto your bag, thinking you're gonna be mugged or uh, hijacked in a vehicle. It was lovely. You touched on so many points there. I want to I want to try to get back to some of them. One of the points you made is that there were two crimes that would happen daily in South Africa, if not hourly, and that was where somebody was shot by a criminal that was looking for refuge, and another where a gang held up people with with screwdrivers, and that this made huge news. And in South Africa, we wouldn't most probably hear about it because we become so desensitized and numb to crime. The second thing you touched on is that violent crime hasn't made inroads as yet, but with the influx of immigrants seeking asylum and for other reasons, we're going to see an increase in crime. And that takes me back to South Africa in the mid-1990s. When our borders were opened, we allowed a lot of people to seek asylum in South Africa, and even South Africans from rural areas started moving into the urban areas, which couldn't handle the amount of people that were looking for work. Mm. And there we saw this rise from petty crime to serious crime. So the point you made there is very, very valid. Do you think that the systems they currently have in place, what you experienced in the British Isles, will be able to cope with what is going to be an increase in crime over the next coming years? Personally, I think <laughs> they will have a lot of, uh, um, they will need a, a lot of help from South Africa or countries that has been experienced this for years now because to give you an idea, um, uh, when you walk in the street, you're not even allowed to, to raise your voice to somebody. 
Now, taking the crime that's coming towards them, and I guarantee the crime is coming towards them, because um, speaking to the locals there, they said the people are start breaking into their houses. So um, the UK can be technology much higher than us, maybe, but South Africa's got the knowledge. And coming back to a question that you ask is, it's sad to see that what I told you is actually a normal in South Africa. And that's the sad part. Because, you know, many years back when somebody was stabbed, it was news. It was front newspaper. It was on the radio station. It was everything. Now it's like, you know, your neighbor is killed and it's, okay, did you hear my neighbor is killed? You know, it's, it's, it's sad to see that South Africa is so far with the crime situation. But that made us stronger in the UK. When we, when we visited the UK, there were so many questions to us because they couldn't believe a woman is carrying a firearm. The, the, the firearms is not allowed there. I mean, if you, if you belong to a club where you do a sport, yes, you can have a firearm. If you, um, there were certain things that you can own a firearm, but as a, a normal person, no firearms. And it was for them so interesting to see which level we are already. It, it strikes me as strange being a South African who grew up in a very militaristic environment, who's carried a firearm for my entire adult life, imagining police officers not having firearms and them still having that level of respect and being able to defuse situations. That must have been strange for you. Totally, totally. And you know what was also very strange for me? We, we've got the South African police here that can handle quite a lot. Uh, we all know your JMPD, your EMPD and your police and um, traffic department all got their different departments. Now, when you get to the UK as well, uh, you will see uniform. But when you ask them for certain things, they say, sorry, they're not allowed. So they've got so many departments. You won't believe it. There's actually police that just look at people littering and for animal uh, 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 poo or whatever they get fines they get fines so that people are not allowed to touch anything in crime they're only allowed to see for people that's littering or people that's out of behavior and stuff like that the police that side is also like you said uh, they've got no guns they they actually got stun guns with them and pepper gas that's the only uh, uh, protection they've got against uh, criminals and uh, what's uh, was strange for us as well is walking past the pubs and the clubs, you would see they put actually uh, boards outside that you're not allowed to have your soccer uniform or a jersey on because they don't want violence. So they on top of the game of when it comes to law, I think their system are still in place. But as I said to you, what's happening with the war I don't think they realize what is coming to them as a type of crime. It always makes me smile that between 1994 and 1995, they brought out members of New Scotland Yard and the FBI to train our police officers into a new form of policing. We went from a police force to a police service. You can't apply first world policing standards in what we call an emerging economy. We'll be back straight after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing.
Today we're chatting to security industry leader Corinda Lewis. She's been in the industry for more than 30 years and brings with her a wealth of expertise and knowledge. Today we're chatting to her about crime, security, as well as her recent trip to the UK where she found things to be very different to what we find in South Africa. Going to our socials, Marco the Gent writes, I can guarantee that your guest didn't see one overweight police officer. Remember, you can SMS us on 34519. Corinda, did you see any overweight police officers? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. You won't believe it. It's uh, You can see uh, the training is absolutely uh, intact because of the way they look and well-dressed. And like I said to you previously before, there is so many different type of police in that uh, in the UK that's dedicated for a certain job. And the uniforms and the weight and everything is 100%. And pride. And pride, totally pride. I think pride in uniform and pride in brand is what's so important, whether it's a government brand or a private brand. You live that brand. You live your BCI brand. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think the people that's working for me now don't even try to get on a photo if you don't have your uniform on because I delete you. <laughs> no, uniform is a must. Um, you know, for yourself, also coming from many years back from the military and everything, when you have your uniform on, you need to have a pride. And for me, not being in military or the police, I've got the same belief. Uh, everything starts with your uh, um, your uniform to be a neat and have proud of your uniform actually brings you where your discipline is in life. It's very true. Now, you work on the West Strand. The West Strand has been in the news for all the wrong reasons the last uh, month or so. And we're hoping to see a lot more happening from both the police side as well as their partnership with private security. Now, I saw an interesting article in today's news, and that's regarding a Canadian incident that's happened within the last 24 hours. It was breaking news earlier this morning. Two brothers went on the rampage and killed between two towns more than 10 people using knives. Now, we're always hearing about how guns kill, and I say guns don't kill, people kill. And realistically speaking, if you're going to run a security company in South Africa, you need well-trained, well-armed people. Your company, for example, has well-trained, well-armed people. Could you imagine doing the work that you're doing currently without being armed? Never, never. And like I previously told you, um, you know, I'm in a fortunate uh, situation where my husband and myself has actually got the different roles because he's mostly the he's the clever guy with the, all the figures in his head, and I'm more the tactical person. And what you said now is uh, from training is I'm working rural. I'm working out there with my guys. I'm actually working outside with my dogs and my armed response, QRF team, everything. And I will not be able to do that if my guys wasn't trained the way they trained. We are going through strict, strict uh, regulations and uh, make sure that the guys are well trained. Because, you know, these days and also th this is a very uh, sensitive top uh, topic is it's so easy to buy your certificates. It's so easy to to buy any certificate. And we find it as well. I mean, uh, we belong to the CIRA, uh, the security regulator. And uh, we've got a system where we check and we see the guy is uh, he's correct. He's got all the paperwork and everything. And um, then after a few months, then you realize he, he bought his papers. But... 
coming back to the the firearms things, if we if we start taking in people into our company, we take them through a whole system. And if they have to work with a firearm, we've got a department that takes the guys out and makes sure these guys can shoot. That they are tactical ready to work outside. Because remember, we're working with not the UK here. We're working with South African criminals, and South African criminals. They're highly trained. These are these guys are trained. I mean, you see it on every day as well, the CITs and the courier robberies and everything, uh, or mall robberies. Um, uh, they they plan their crime. So you need to train your guys to be able to, to be prepared for that situation. And working with them, I will work any time with my guys because I need to trust them. Corinda, we suddenly seen an uptake in police activity regarding Zamazama mining. You on the ground, you've known about Zamazama mining for a very long time, as yes. have I, as have other security specialists. We have a horrendous rape that takes place on the West Rand, and now only do we see police attention being focused. And we hope that it's going to be sustained focus and not just for a short space of time. Why did it take this horrendous incident to occur for the police to start working on trying to counter this massive threat that the Zamazamas present? Chad, that's, that's a very good point you're bringing up now. Um, it's, it's a sad situation because, as you say, it took this incident to make it news. And um, going back to the UK, when we were in the UK, it was still news about the, the Zamazama situation that happened in South Africa. But now getting back to how long, it's been happening for so long, so long. Uh, we own a property in Chrome Dry as well, where we've got our BCI Academy, where we train security officers, uh, well, security um, canines and handlers. About 1.5 kilometer from me, there's a huge Zamazama place there as well. In the last year, there was three women that was raped and killed there. It didn't make news. It did not make news. It took something like this to actually bring the attention to the West Rand. And, you know, coming back to the Krugersdorp site where you go towards Randfontein, we call it uh, Cowboy Town. That's, uh, that's the landmark that we use, Cowboy Town. I mean, if you work in Randfontein, you don't even drive that road at night because the Zamazamas is at war at, with each other at night. So they're shooting from one side to the other side during the night. And, you know, um, it's, it's time. You know, we always believe that there's always a reason for something to happen. And I, unfortunately, you know, this happened to bring the attention to, to this situation to help us that side because the Zamas are taking over totally. To give you an idea, we're close to my academy. You know, at night, they're sitting next to the road with bags of gold. They're sitting next to the They're not even shy anymore of sitting next to the road. And unfortunately, we do not have enough subs vehicles to assist us. And we can't approach them. So you just hit on the most important point of our conversation today. There's nothing the security industry can do, only the police can. Yet the police would have lost the battle against crime if it wasn't for the security industry, which is more than double the amount of police officers. We're hearing talk that certain police officers are talking to CIRA, talking to government, talking to the decision makers in parliament about extending the powers afforded to specialized 
security officers to give them peace officer status. Do you think that this will assist? Do you think it's the right thought process? And do you think it will happen? So I'm going to give you a few answers here. I think it's the best thing that will ever happen. Absolutely. But we'll have to start from rock bottom. Because currently, like I previously said to you before, today you can go into Johannesburg and buy yourself a grade A certificate. Then this guy is not even a, a South African. He's a foreigner. And now suddenly he's got a new surname and everything. How can you make that guy a peace officer? So I think South African police and CIRA needs to sit down and actually build a new a, a, a new board uh, where we have to go through to make this type of peace officers because the police do need security. They do need security. Um, we the eyes and the ears in the community. We are doing armed response. We are doing uh, complexes. We are doing malls. Who's the first people they come to? They come to security people. Security people get the first-hand information and that's where we're going to the police. But we also don't work with any police because who do you trust? You need to go to people that you know that's going to pull that situation through up to the end and do something about that crime situation. So we agree that a lot of policing work has been outsourced to the private security industry, the patrols, the looking after of complexes, and we're seeing the security company doing so much more than what they did in prior years. Have the police admitted that they need the security companies and are they willing to formalize that public-private partnership? Chad, being friends with a lot of security, uh, a lot of South African police uh, officers, uh, they, they are glad to work with us. They, they love to work with us because at the end of the day, I think we've got the tools. I, I, I personally think we've got the technology, we've got the tools, we've got the backup. So, yeah, uh, I think they would love to work with us, but we need to have a much stricter system in place otherwise the criminals will walk in and actually how can i say it the criminals will be uh, hear the information as at first as well so there must be a very strict regulation uh, in place before that can happen but i would love it to happen so the informal you mentioned eyes and ears and the informal public-private partnership is known as e2 eyes and ears that's right yes is it working absolutely Absolutely. We've got it in our control room and I'm telling you now, when we've got a situation, our controllers are uh, trained and everything, they immediately speak to them and assistance are getting to us much quicker. Is it still a man's world you're working in? Not now anymore, but in the early 90s it was a challenge. It was a total challenge. Remember when we were youngsters? Only a man goes to the army. Now, only a man goes to the police. You know, women must um, either get married or being a nurse or air hostess. I chose this path uh, because, as I said to you, my biggest dream was to become a detective. And I never knew that I'm actually going to own a security company. But today, men respect women totally uh, for what they're doing. Um, I once had a situation where um, a guy actually planned a whole scheme thing for a break-in and I arrived at the scene 
And he said to me, can I help you? And I said to him, yes, here to see the owner. And he said to me, I'm the owner. I said, well, I'm Corinda Lutz, um, you know, from BCI Security. He said, I expected a man. I said, well, I'm a woman. Do you have a problem? <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, you do have that challenges where people still um, think of a man being the person behind security. They mustn't uh, think women can't do the job because, as I said to you, I'm... I think I'm one of the few ladies, and well, I've got a lot of friends in the industry as well that's women, and we work outside with the guys, with the guns, operation, rural, anything. Yeah, I think it's changed. So my wife and I are the same as you and your husband. We partners in a business. It's also in law enforcement um, that's been privatized thanks to um, incapacity and lack of resources from the state perspective. And we went to Mauritius on business and they thought she was my interpreter. And in that particular country, it was a shock to them that a woman was a director of an investigations firm. But that's not where I'm going with this. Um, I begin to digress. Is it difficult having your life partner being your business partner as well? Not at all. Not at all. And I think that is where the where is so amazing because... Um, We've got totally two different parts in our business. And at the end of the day, we sit and discuss what happened during the day because he is so involved with the administration of the the, the, the company where I am outside with the dogs and the guys and chasing the criminals and whatever. You know, um, he go hunts, he, he's doing hunting three times a year. And I will never forget he was on a hunting farm where he didn't have a very good signal. And somebody next to him had a good signal that was on my group. And he said, um, Johnny, uh, I think you need to look at your WhatsApp groups. He said, why? He said, your wife is chasing criminals. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that is, uh, that's how we live. And he respects me. And uh, being so long in the security field, I actually hijacked him out of his industry because he was in the motor industry and knowing nothing about security. I hijacked him and I knew he's the guy that's going to hold my hand and go forward with me. And, you know, um, a lot of respect for him because he's much bigger than me. He will come at the end of the day and ask me, Corinna, what is your opinion? And that takes a man to still ask me, what is my opinion? You know, um, he's not a much of a person or somebody that will say, you know what, I'm the man in the house and I'm taking control of this situation. So we respect each other's territory of where and what we do. So, Karina, let's talk milestones. You've been in the industry for 30 years. BCI is your baby. It's something that you and Johnny have nurtured. Tell us about the milestones over the years with the business. The past. Where where do we find ourselves now? I know you launched the very successful academy. You've got the armed response. But where did you start and where are you now in terms of the size, the scope, and, and some of the services that you're delivering? All right. I'll give you a little bit of the past and then we go to the future. You won't believe it. We started the – well, I was married to an ex-military guy and that's where I actually started getting my, my training because he trained me in firearms and bodyguarding and he sent me for all the courses and stuff like that. And then I said to him, coming from a business world, I said to him, let's start a security company. And um, we had one guard because we can only charge for one guard. 
So you don't have a reliever. So he was actually the reliever for the one God. And that's how we started off the business. And unfortunately, I divorced him. And then my future went on because it's my business. And I went on with my business. And um, then I've met Johnny. And he gave me the oomph to, to go higher and bigger and wider. And he's giving me that spectrum of, you know, believe in yourself. Uh, don't back down. Because there is a lot of obstacles. There is a lot of obstacles, especially being a woman. And to have a pillar like that behind me and pushing me forward. So we started the academy because he saw my passion in dogs. He didn't like big dogs. He didn't like big dogs. He only likes these little small dogs. So once I showed him what I can do with the dogs, he fell in love with it. And we bought this farm out in Chrome Dry. And now today I'm training dogs uh, for the security field. And the police are actually using my canines for work in the police and it's an honor for me and uh, i don't charge them sometimes it gets crazy but it's my passion it's my passion to help the people out there i do a lot of school projects uh, i actually did yesterday a benoni cpf they asked me to do a demonstration with the canines there every time to go out and teach children about drugs teach children a dangerous stranger stranger danger and uh, don't take speech from strangers uh, showing them what the dog's ability can, you know, what dogs can do. That's my passion. I think I'm in the semi-retirement section of my business because now he's the monster that side and that side. And I'm running on the farm with the dogs and training. And uh, the future ahead, big, big. I, I, I want to go big with dogs because people, people must start believing in dogs. Dog is our future for security. We're chatting about leadership in the security industry, and our guest today has by far proven herself the past 30 years as being an absolute sterling member of the industry that's taking the industry to a whole new level. We'll be continuing our conversation straight after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. You're listening to Confidential Brief, which is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. Today we're chatting to Corinda Lurt, and I was going to be chatting to Corinda during August because it was Women's Month, and we always feature a woman, and that's despite the fact that we have women on the show so often, because women are making a difference. And for me, celebrating Women's Month, sometimes... It's, it's a bit of a slap in the face, I think, for women because they are women every single day of the year and it seems like attention is only focused on the differences they make within a community during August and, of course, crimes against women are really only focused during August. Women are now taking the lead at the forefront and they are the same, if not even better, than their male counterparts and it's dangerous. It's a dangerous industry. And being involved in law enforcement. I was reading an article about the lady who was assassinated by Bita Dekram. And one of the things that she had discovered in one of her investigations was that Timbisa Hospital was paying the average of 9,600 rand per bucket. That's the equivalent of a household bucket. And that the fraud that she was investigating involving that particular transaction network was 55 million rand. And she got taken out for it. It's horrendous. Equality, Corinda, it exists on paper. There's still a patriarchal society. Yet we see more and more women taking up the role. General Mosakile is a woman. She's the 
deputy commissioner for all intents and purposes she may become the commissioner we have previously had a police commissioner Shamila Batoy is head of the National Prosecuting Authority we have many female ministers in our cabinet and then we have leaders such as yourself in the private sector that are taking the lead do you believe there's there's space for more women oh absolutely absolutely and I motivate this when I do my shows at the high schools and the primary schools already trying to to switch children's mind already because uh, you know every your dream starts in school your dream starts in school or your direction starts in school and i can see how it touch a lot of uh, girls uh, working with animals where the mindset uh, after the show they come to me and say if we done our matric can we come and see you and do a course absolutely um, so the mindset of women are changing because they see there is a future there is definitely a future in security when one looks at security in south africa at the moment there's approximately 2.2 million registered security officers of which 550,000 that's more than half a million are gainfully employed when we look at the industries that are reliant on security the the fuel that is spent the vehicles that are bought the uniforms it now runs into a trillion rand industry why do you think there's still a stigma attached to our industry oh, i think you must give me a little bit more why do when when we try to to get the youngsters to want to join the industry or to convince them that the security industry can offer them a good future they tend to to not regard security in as high regard as they would regard other industries i think it's going to change i i personally think it's going to change because remember in the 90s the security was your normal security officer standing at a a shop or whatever with a baton and stuff like that then we moved into a more serious situation and now our children are seeing the the different side of security they actually see the the arm side uh, the qrf side uh, if i say qrf the quick response officers is so you don't have that person standing there anymore you've got you've got a direction in security that you can go so either you start as a guard and you way you work your way up as something else in your company we've got a lady that started off about uh, 15 years back she started off as a security officer with it, it was her first job she's now a control manager in my company because she worked her way up and proved herself so i think things are going to change because they it's now a, a professional job it's a total a professional job where you can work yourself in either into investigations or you can choose to go qrf or you can choose to go in to any direction polygraph or anything to uplift yourself from just being the normal security guard Well, that that makes me me happy to hear you say it's a profession. It's professional. It's not a stepping stone. It's not there for somebody to do because they can't get something else. And we also need to now convince the property owners, the clients, that security is critical because it always seems to me that security is last on their list of budgets. You're touching a very sensitive uh, situation there now because um, I don't know if you saw that the increase was now improved. So unfortunately, we have to in, uh, um, increase our invoicing as well, and clients don't understand that. And then we get our 
uh, fly by night companies that's coming in and we're working very hand on hand with um, security the security uh, officer board well I call it still SOB but CIRA um, where we, we actually hand over this situation because you can't underpay a god you can't underpay a god and that's where we need to change that we need to change that to have that new generation of like you say not a stepping stone but a professional because that people have families they need to get a better salary they need to uplift themselves so unfortunately clients don't understand that of the security uniform the radios the the vehicles the branding the petrol price that goes up we need to increase our prices and unfortunately then there's companies coming in and they're coming in lower and whatever but you know what i'm very proud of sira sira uh, is currently so strict they're not doing just day shift they're doing night shift going to sites visiting sites so i, I believe from the sira uh, side and the police working together now they're going to change the industry and that's going to make it a better uh, a site for security i think you touched on something so important here because it goes back to my question about stigma when a guard isn't paid correctly and he job hops from company to company to company for a few extra rand because he's being underpaid by fly-by-nights, he gives the industry, without realizing it, a bad name. He doesn't have pride in uniform. He doesn't have pride in job. And this all comes down to the financial aspect of it. People in South Africa can't live without security, yet they're not willing to pay for security. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Security is a necessary. I mean, you, you can't live without security. Not at home, not at your business, and even driving. You know what? I actually started a community WhatsApp group because once you leave your house, you don't have an alarm system with you. So I started a community WhatsApp group. So my information that I gave to the group is when you're on the road and you've got something or you need something, press a, a live location or press a pin drop and we will send it to our WhatsApp groups that's closest to you. So we work very hand-in-hand with a lot of security companies and big companies where we've got WhatsApp groups and they assist. So even if you're my client and you're in the the Wusrand (laughs) and you're traveling to Johannesburg and you've got a problem there, we've got security companies this side that is working hand-in-hand with us and assisting. So you cannot go without security anymore. And that, of course, would lead us to a discussion for another day about tax incentives, seeing that the state is not in a position to offer us the kind of security that we would expect from our taxes. So those that pay for these added security measures that impact and assist all, because when you've got a patrolling BCI vehicle or a CAP vehicle or a Cortec vehicle or a Fidelity vehicle, and they're patrolling those streets, they will stop any criminal, not just a criminal that's at a client's premises. And therefore, we that are paying for those services should have some incentive from the state because the state is capitulating and admitting finally that they need to engage in public-private partnerships with the security industry because the security industry is so important at this point. At this point, it's no longer the thin blue line between South Africa and anarchy of the police. It's the thin, multicolored line made up of all the different security companies that are keeping us safe. You're touching a very sensitive situation there. Um, When we were in the UK, you won't believe it, the people that do have alarm systems in their houses, properties or buildings, the police respond to the alarms because, like you say, the taxes and the stuff like that. There's no armed response that's responding to the alarms. It's uh, the police that's actually responding to them. 
Corinda, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been special, not because you're a lady, but because you are a consummate professional, you understand the industry, and you're able to bring to our listeners the reality of what it's like on the ground and why we need more professional organizations such as yourself. Thank you very much, uh, Chad. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing you and Johnny again soon. Next time we're going to involve Johnny because it won't be a belated <laughs> August Women's Month episode. It'll be an episode based on the fact that we need to chat more to security professionals because the reality is it's the security companies out there that are keeping us safe at night. Thank you so much for joining us today. And as I mentioned before, we are now brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. If you're tired of getting contractors in to fix your leaky roof only to find out that your roof store leaks, well, then it's time to sort that leak out for good. Rubber Roofs manufacture and apply the rubber paint to your roof. Your roof will look great and won't leak anymore. Rubber Roofs offer a 10-year warranty. Rubber Roofs is the trusted name in roof waterproofing. You can find out more at www.rubberroofs.co.za. Thank you so much to Corinda for coming all this way with Johnny. And to her entire team at BCI, we thank you so much for what you're doing out there together with all of our other security companies.